one of the greatest things about being a hunter and being somebody in the hunting community is the opportunity to be able to reach out to so many people who share the same passions as as I do. This is certainly true today with my conversation with Dr. Brooks Tiller from Nashville, Tennessee. He is a physical therapist in the Nashville area, and we have a great conversation about passing down traditions of hunting and sharing our love for the outdoors and sharing our love for hunting with our family and with our friends. And just, and of course we touch on being a helpful member of your community. So thank you guys for listening today to the Rice Elite podcast. I know you guys are going to love my conversation with Dr. Brooks Tiller. Before we get to that, I want to ask you guys to go ahead and connect with me on my social media accounts. On Instagram, you can find me at the handle at RiceKillEat. On Facebook, you can find me at the URL, facebook.com slash RKEAfield. That'll send you to our page entitled RiceKillEat. Then I'm also on Twitter at the Twitter handle at RKEAfield. So be sure to connect with me on there. Also, if you like what you hear today with my conversation with Dr. Brooks Tiller, then leave me a rating and a review. So these ratings and reviews, they do go a long way in being able to help us organically promote the Rice Kill E podcast and being able to help us climb the charts in the quote unquote podcast world. And there's so many different podcasts out there and there's so many great resources out there for people who, who loves God, freedom in the great outdoors. And of course, it's my goal of this podcast, of the Rice Kill E podcast to be able to to continue to offer the resources that I have and the thoughts that I have and the ideas and the conversations that I share with people with as many people as possible. So, so your ratings and reviews allow me to continue to do just that. So the majority of you guys I know are listening on Apple Podcasts, which has a great review and rating system. So you just scroll down to the bottom, click five stars, click four stars or whatever you feel or whatever honest opinion that you have about the Rise Elite podcast type in a little review and let me know if you would go ahead and send me a screenshot at ricekilleatpodcast at gmail.com send me a screenshot of that rating and review and we may have something a little special for you that we will send to you so do that and that would be greatly appreciated and it's like i said it's a great way for us to organically get the rice kill eat podcast into as many people people's ears as possible so thank you so again, I have a great conversation today with Dr. Brooks Tiller of the Nashville, Tennessee area. I hope you guys enjoy my episode today with Dr. Brooks Tiller and sit back and check out episode number 40. Man, it's hard to believe we're already at 40. So enjoy episode number 40 of the Rice Kill Eat podcast with Dr. Brooks Tiller. <laughs> Of course, I appreciate you being on the Rice Kelly podcast with me, and this is a uh, this is pretty cool to be able to you know contact you, especially through this crazy time right now, and uh, you know this time period. Man, it's just it's weird. It's I think it's going to be you know looking back on it, and hopefully a year or so we're going to look back on it and have a lot of things to to learn, a lot of things to kind of uh, take away from it. But yeah, what does you know what's this look like for you right now, man? You know, right now it's. It's been a little, a little different, a little odd, as as everything's been going on. I've actually seems like I've actually been working more. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but a lot of a lot of other PTs have been sick. A lot of other PTs have been either immunocompromised. Uh, one guy he had like he had a heart surgery about a year ago, so his heart doctor said you've got to take three months off. I don't want you. you you're at a high risk and. And so, oddly, I've had a lot of people calling me because uh, I do a lot of most of my PT is kind of for hire, you know, gun for gun for hire, and and they have called, hey, we need help, we need help, we need help. And so I've actually been busier, you know, in this whole pandemic than normal. And you know, I feel really blessed for that because uh, my wife, we have a circus entertainment company, and we're downtown Nashville three to four times a week entertainment. Well, there's no entertainment now. So that went, you know, in early March, that went from just banana sandwich crazy to nothing in about a two week yeah. period. And so now like it's just been 
you know, I've been blessed that I've actually, as a PT, been busier. You know, it's kind of one of those, uh, whenever you're able to have that ace in your back pocket, if you will, or just that uh, another another form of revenue. You know, we always talk, we always hear about, oh, you need multiple forms of revenue. If you have your own business or you, you know, have a, you know, whether, hey, if you can go mow a yard, you can make money, uh, that right. kind of thing, you know. And so, uh, you know, I think right now is one of those times I've, I've been feel blessed that I'm able to do that, but it's just been, it's been crazy because, you know, whenever I go in normally during flu season and things like that, I take precautions not to bring anything home, not to take anything in. But right now it's, uh, it's even, even higher precautions because I have two young kids. Uh, my, my mother is, uh, she has some lung issues and I don't want you know, and I don't want to get anybody sick that I'm working with if I go into a nursing home, but then I don't want to get anybody sick at home either. And so it's just getting kind of crazy of, you know, I'm wearing protective mask and, you know, I'm, I'm changing clothes in the parking lot and even doing like a spit bath in the parking lot, washing my hair and uh, <laughs> everything, just scrubbing down in the parking lot and, you know, trying to find a little corner where I can hide out and scrub down, change clothes, get home and, I, you know, as soon as I get home, I strip outside and I'll either shower and, you know, shower in the backyard, or, you know, with the hose pipe if, or I'll run in the house and shower off here. And then, then I'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm home. And then I, you know, play with the kids and stuff like that. But it's just, it's been really crazy. Just a lot of thinking about what am I doing? How am I going to make sure and keep everybody safe? Because once again, don't want to carry anything into the nursing home. Cause that, if you go to a nursing home, everybody there is already sick, already compromised and hurting. And, if you do that, you know, that that's here in Tennessee, that's where like half of the deaths have come from nursing homes. And so, you know, the people there are already, already sick. Everybody there is already sick. So it's, it's like a, a wildfire. If you get a disease in there, it spreads because everybody eats together. They commune together. You know, you got two or three people in a room and they're all sharing the same air and it's going to spread crazy. So I'm trying to make sure I don't take anything in, don't bring anything out. And it's just been, it's been crazy times, but, uh, I try to look at the good side of it. It is, it's been great that I've had the opportunity to still be able to work and blessed for that. Uh, and, but also, you know, I've seen both sides of it. I've been in there working, but I've also, uh, just got back from visiting my wife's grandmother who's in the nursing home. And there we were on the outside waving in, you know, Hey, how are you? And, trying to talk to her through a window. And it was odd for me because I'm normally the guy inside working with them and I'm not the guy outside, you know, waving. So it's been strange times, but, um, you know, just I'm grateful for everything that everybody's healthy that I know. And, and I know that it's a tough time and, you know, it, there's some controversy to it and everything, but, uh, you know, I think overall, as, as the good book says, you know, we need to, look out for others as well as ourselves, And I think that, you know, right now is one of those times where, you know, we, we take the precautions, we take care of us, we take care of those we love. And, and then we look to others and see if we can help them in any way. Yeah, exactly. I think this, this whole thing, I think it's done just exactly what you said. I think it's really brought a whole lot of uh, communities together and you've seen, you know, people from all walks of life coming together and, you know, trying to help the people that, that are around them. And, um, you know, whether it could be, you know, dropping off food at a, at a food bank, or it could be, you know, raising money to help somebody who has lost their job. And it's, it's been, you know, of course the scenario that everything is kind of played out in, it's of course not ideal. And it's crazy that we, we even have to have this conversation how quickly everything happened. But the fact that, you know, communities have come together and there's been people taking care of each other and uh, looking out for each other. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of refreshing, kind of, it kind of gives you a, a restoration of, you know, humanity. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think there's, there's been a lot of negatives to it, but of course, like you were saying, there's a lot of positives and I think it's done a lot for like what you were saying with, uh, you know, people who are having some issues with work because it's allowed people to invest in different skill sets than what they normally have. Like you were saying with, uh, if you can mow a yard, you can make money. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, they, their usual way of making money, you know, it may have been taken away or it may have been, uh, uh, something may have happened to it, or it may be furloughed or whatever the issue may be. And it's, it's a kind of push people, but I think in a, in a healthy way, because it's allowed them to kind of 
invest in new skills and it's given them an opportunity, you know, potentially to be able to do something that they weren't able to do before or do something that they, that they want to do. They're able to, you know, could potentially be able to uh, pursue new passions that they necessarily may not have been able to do in the past. Exactly. And I think right now, I mean, as an outdoorsman, we're in the 4% that might have food in the freezer that we're not paying $8 for a pack of meat. And even in that, you know, there's the old lady that, you know, from church or the, you know, the, the guy that lives down the street that may not hunt or may be too old to hunt, whatever, you know, you could offer them, Hey, you know, can I help, you know, even if it's just a giving and you're being generous, Hey, let me mow your yard. Let me help you out with this. Let me take your trash out, whatever it may be. And you could help them, but you go, Hey, you know, let me, let me give you some meat. And that's a great way to also introduce people to the outdoors. But I think that right now it's that time where we can, uh, I guess, you know, and even if it comes to work, if you, you know, if you've been getting up for the past eight years, you know, man, I hate this job. And now you realize like, all right, I like, you know, I hated my job. And now you've got, you know, you might have some time where you can get online or, or do something figure out something else that you'd rather do you would take an online class or something because you're not working so you 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 know through all this i always try to look for the positive is you might find a new profession you might find something that you're more passionate about you might find something that you like to do whenever you used to hate your job whatever it may be but whatever it is you always have to look at the at the good side the positive side and just try to find the best in in every every day that that we have on this earth Definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head again. And it's just, you know, there's always those, those moments whenever, you know, bad things are starting to happen. And it's so easy to get blinded by all the, all the craziness and all the, all the nastiness that's surrounding you. But there's, there's, I'm a firm believer that there's always uh, something good that can come out of something bad. And even like you were, uh, like we were saying before the, the Bible, it tells us all about how God is going to turn these things into something good. And it may not necessarily be something that we are, uh, expecting like it may not be the thing that we think is going to be good. It could be something totally different, but it's all going to end up being good. It's all going to be something that we can learn from. It's going to be something that's going to be, uh, I think beneficial in the long run. And you were mentioning how, you know, having food in the freezer, like that's been such a huge blessing for a lot of people, especially like you were saying with hunters and outdoorsmen and stuff. Uh, we are finishing up right now. As I speak, actually, we have the last little bit of deer from last, uh, fall, in the fridge right now and you know that's been such a huge blessing for my family and being able to you know gift that to people and people gifting it to me and it's just been it's been a cool experience to being able to have that freedom and you know what we eat and be able to have that freedom to be able to acquire our own meat, our, our own meat because at a time especially when everything was kind of starting to go down about two months ago there was a time where the the meat departments and grocery stores it was it was bare like there was they were putting limits on how much you could take home and a lot of times it wasn't quite enough to you know even get a family of four or family of five for a meal and you know as a hunter having that freedom to be able to to go out and get the meal go, or go out and get the meat that that we need to be able to sustain you know and just being able to to eat dinner it's it's so invigorating i know that's something that you can relate with oh definitely because you know having having meat in the freezers is a great benefit for us all and it's also a time i really think that we can share like you said share with others and you know in this time right now i think a lot of people are seeing folks like oh you know like they may be calling us hey do you have some deer meat because there's none at the store they don't let me have one pack of meat at the store or even then you've got people that are wanting to buy guns and I, that may have six months ago asked us, why do you have a gun? You know, there's no reason to have a gun. And now, now people are buying guns. And I think that, you know, that's an opportunity instead of uh, sitting back and saying, ha ha, you know, you should have learned earlier. Uh, we can, we can now step back and say, Hey, you know, I've got, I've got an extra couple packs of deer meat or Turkey or fish, whatever it may be. And, you know, it's, Hey, you know, would, you know, would you like some? And then whenever they take that, it's a, it's a, it's an opening door to share the outdoors with other people. And even right now, you know, fish are biting. If somebody is, you know, like, Hey, they may, they may not have a lot of meat in the freezer. You go catch a mess of fish and you can take a couple to them that are already filleted and everything. You can just 
you know, take it over and Hey, you know, here's, here's some fish. You can bake it. You can grill it, whatever you want to do, but here it is. And, and, and then if they say, man, that was really good. Then, then there's your door open to say, Hey, well, would you like to go, you know? And, yeah. You know, and if, even if you want to practice that social distance, Hey, meet me, meet me at the lake. We'll sit eight feet apart, <laughs> but I'll show you how to do it. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and you can introduce someone to the outdoors just through a simple uh, gesture of kindness. And, you know, and I think, you know, and it's the same way with our spiritual life as well as, you know, it's, it's once you're out there, you can, you know, you can talk about the creator and what he made and, and all that. And it's just kind of all ties in together, you know, it's like all this is made for us to enjoy. And here we are like, you know, that, and then there's that open door. Once, once someone starts getting outdoors, I think it's really, I think there's another gateway right there just to, Hey, this, there's this, there's, there's a God and he's, he's, he's made all this for you to enjoy. And once again, it's just that snowball rolling down the right side of the hill that we need to chase down. Absolutely. You'll get bitten by the uh, outdoors bug pretty quickly, getting out there and catching your own fish and getting your own meat and that kind of thing. And, you know, of course, everybody has an int- an introduction into hunting and an introduction into the outdoors. Mine was, uh, I was first introduced by my dad. And then I had a good friend of mine once I moved to the town that I'm living in now that started taking me out and doing some hunting and uh, different styles of hunting, different species and that kind of thing introduced me to all kinds of different stuff and what did that look like for you how did you actually end up getting into hunting who who was it that first established that that passion for you uh, it was my dad and growing yeah. up hunting was one of those things that that we did you know it was uh, it was funny that looking back my granddad my uncles my cousins everybody knew like man the tiller clan they they hunt you know, the other clan, if you want to know how to hunt, go talk to them. And my granddad was the patriarch. And it was interesting that even a lot of the game wardens in the, in the area, they would come to my granddad and ask advice and things like that. You, you know, I'd pop into my granddad's house and the game, him and the game warden sitting on the front porch talking. And that's awesome. You know, and it wasn't, and it was one of those things where, you know, my, my granddad, he would tell stories of growing up and, you know, hunting squirrels. And I mean, eating possums and coons and groundhogs and all kinds of things that just because, you know, growing up around the depression, that's what you did to feed your family. Uh, anything yeah. that, anything you could find, you pretty much ate. And he would talk about how, uh, you know, that if you saw a deer during deer season, that was, that was a big accomplishment uh, because there weren't that many. And, you know, and he, he could tell you all about all the deer that he'd killed and, and everything. And it was, it was great, but I grew up, learning from my dad my granddad my uncles it was just a family thing and from the time i can remember uh, we went we would go rabbit hunting and there were times when i would be the i would be the dog i was too small to even hold a shotgun but i had <laughs> i had the briar proof breeches and a jacket and and i would you know there you know and i was little so i could kind of get through the the briars and things like that that you know everybody else had to kind of you know stomp through and i could kind of weasel my way through there and I, you know, they, they'd shoot a couple of rabbits and then that night we would get to eat rabbit. And so it was one of those things, it was a great sense of accomplishment and, and grew up fishing. We would always go fishing every summer and it'd be me and me and my dad, and my granddad in a boat fishing or me and some buddies, we would go fishing, whatever, but, you know, but ever since I can remember, you know, three, four years old, I was out in the woods, deer hunting and, and with them, uh, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting fishing all summer long and it was just one of those things that I, I i remember vividly it's always been a part of my life and, and always been a part of who i am and what i do yeah i think that that story is so familiar with a lot of people that i've talked to and you know with myself as well it's just we always have those those typically men uh, before us you know the grandfathers and the dads that introduce us to hunting and I think there's something to that. I think there's, I think it's literally God has put that into our DNA to, to get out into the woods and be, you know, be the provider and be the person that's going to bring the meat home, regardless of what it is. If it's possum, beaver, deer, turkeys, you know, whatever that, that meat is. And it's just, I think that that's reinforced whenever we actually get to go out and do it. 
because that feeling that I have, I mean, at least for me personally, the feeling I have whenever I, uh, you know, send the text to my wife, like I got a deer, we got one down, bringing it home. And the excitement that my kids get whenever they know that dad's bringing a, a deer home or a turkey home or something. I think it's, that's something that you don't really teach that. And, and something that I think is, it's so raw and it's so real. And I think, I honestly believe that, uh, God has created us in a way to, you know, view him through creation. I know you were kind of getting into that a minute ago and view him through his creation. And I think that's, that's such a, it's such a cool, you know, experience to be able to have those relationships with grandparents and with, you know, dads and, you know, even a lot of moms nowadays are uh, introducing their kids to, to hunting. And um, it's really cool to actually be able to, you know, be a part of that. And I love the hunting community and, you know, being able to reach guys like you and being able to reach, you know, all these people that are out there doing what we love to do. And I think it's just a, it's just a really cool experience to be able to, to be able to do all that kind of stuff. And that's awesome. It is. And like you said, you know, you know, moms, my mom grew up on a farm and what's interesting is, is whenever it was wintertime and rabbits is rabbit season, we would go to my mom's dad's farm. You know, we'd go to my other, me and my dad and and his dad, my grandpa, me, you know, me, dad and papa would go to my, my pal Paul's farm and we would hunt rabbits there. And it was interesting because, you know, I had both, both sides of my grandparents and both parents all there at one spot with aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody else. And you know, we would hunt rabbits, but you know, my mom might bring over some deer meat and we would just have a big feast and we might have fresh rabbit, you know, cooked up right there on the spot on the farm that we just took from the farm. And so, you know, it was a whole family affair and uh, you know, it's been great. My mom, she doesn't hunt a lot, but, uh, she has hunted some, but, you know, and she, but she loves to fish and, and, you know, she's always been a great help. And when it comes to encouraging us to get outside and go do something. So I'm, I think it's really big. Like you said, it's right now. And, you know, sadly, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of kids don't have a dad and, and, you know, sadly, you know, moms, uh, feel like they have to do the role of mom and dad and they have to be there. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think that's one another reason during this whole pandemic is if you know, a single mom and, you know, they got a couple kids, you know, in, invite the kid to go out and give mom a break. Cause, uh, you know, mom's homeschooling, mom's working, mom's doing all this other stuff. I'm sure <laughs> that they would welcome, uh, you know, you get taking a kid out in the woods and letting them burn off some of that energy. So it's just another way that we can get people involved. It really is. It really is. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because that's that's a tough situation for a uh, for a single parent to be in, a single mom to be in. And uh, fortunately, that's not something I necessarily have firsthand experience with, but it's something I have you know seen other other people have to experience. I'm a I'm a teacher full time, so you know seeing the the single parents that are having to raise you know three, four, five kids at a time by themselves while they're working one or two jobs or three jobs or it's just it's a tough situation to be in and you know going back to what we were talking about before as far as like helping in the community I mean that's that's you got it right there is you know give them give them an opportunity to to take a break because they're definitely going to welcome it and if you can do that hunting you know even better fishing right now you know even better and that's it's going to be beneficial for for just about everybody, it's going to be, of course, beneficial for the mom that's going to have all these these uh, kids at home. It's going to be beneficial for the kids because they're going to learn something new that they're probably not getting exposure to. And, of course, it's going to be beneficial for you as well because, I mean, the best way I'm, – I'm a firm believer that the best way to to learn something is by teaching it. So whenever you get out there and you're, you know, showing these kids how to do things, you're going to, you're going to learn something through that process as well. And that's, that's really cool that you mentioned that. Oh, definitely. And that's, you know, I mean, in medical school, that was one of those, you see one, you do one, you teach one. And that was just kind of the yeah. process that we went through is, you know, you, you saw somebody do it, then you did it yourself and then you would teach somebody. And, and that's really a great way to do everything. It definitely is. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, medical school. So, so how have you used that, that knowledge of, you know, human physiology and use the knowledge of biology and how we operate, you know, as people, how have you used that knowledge to be able to make you a, a better hunter, a better outdoorsman? How have you used your knowledge to, uh, you know, expound upon being a hunter and an outdoorsman? I mean, Tyler, it's one of those things where 
if you knew then what you know now uh, is really kind of how it, I guess, would be the best way for me to. So my undergrad degree is in actually environmental science. My, my plan was to be a wildlife biologist or game warden or something of that sort. But then I realized after, after I got out of school, did a little internship, I realized that if you're a game warden, you don't get to hunt and fish very much because you're trying to catch bad guys breaking the law, hunting, fishing. So, right, and I yeah. love to hunt and fish. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. And, and in all that whole process, I realized that, you know, the human body, nutrition, health, I was real big and uh, I played baseball through college. And then after I got out of college, I was still doing a lot of different sports and things. And I was like, man, I just, I love the human body getting better, challenging myself. And then, so I ended up going to physical therapy school. I got my doctorate in physical therapy and the whole time my goal was to work with the top level athletes to work with the best athletes that I could find to work with professional teams, Olympic level. And I was blessed that I was able to reach that pretty quick. Uh, just using the the skills I learned and able to, you know, the knowledge I knew from being an athlete myself, I was able to travel the world working with the top level athletes. And in between, uh, well, a stint overseas and I came back and I was working, helping out at a clinic here locally. And a guy came in that reminded me of my granddad. And he told me that he wanted to improve his strength because he wanted to be able to take his grandkids fishing. And that just really hit home to me. And it was one of those things that I realized that instead of working with a bunch of high profile athletes, so I can say, look what I did. I really turned my focus to, I want to help the guys like my granddad. So I lost my granddad when I, when I was 17, he passed away and, uh, you know, he was a big influence in my life. Uh, he, you know, he said him, he and my dad were the, were the ones that took me fishing. They were, they were, we were like the three amigos all the time, just best friends hanging out and, and, but when I met this guy, I was like, I can't bring my grandfather back. I can't go back and teach him all the stuff that I know, but I can share what I know with other people. I can share that with those grandpas and the fathers that are out of shape that need some help so that they have more time with their kids and grandkids in the woods or fishing. And that's really when my, my whole mind shift focused. And from there, it was right around that time I was a strength coach. Uh, I took a job as a strength coach at a, at a college. I was working as a physical therapist and, you know, I've been traveling a lot and I was like, man, I just miss being in the woods. I miss that. And co combine all that together, meeting this guy. And then I went to a strength coach seminar and they were talking about finding your niche. You know, who are the people that you would work for, for free, that you would do things for free? That, well, what do you want to do? And, and it was like, I mean, I want to work with guys that want to hunt and fish. And, and it was kind of surprising. Some people was like, well, you got all these famous people. Like, and I was like, who cares if they're famous? Like, I want to work with the guys who love to hunt and fish and make sure they can hunt and fish as much as they want to. And so that's really where the whole healthy hunter came from is developing that mindset to myself of, I want to help the guys who want to hunt and fish and so ever since then, it's just been my main focus of taking anything that I've learned personally uh, through my own my own background, but also through the, you know the, the 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 nerd stuff in in the in the journals and the school of medical school. What have I learned that I can pass on to other people? And the more I've been able to do that, it's just been so rewarding, not only to me but see other people whenever all of a sudden, you know, the guy's able to shoot his bow or the guy's able to take his kids fishing or, you know, a guy's able to drop 60 pounds to go on an elk hunt and uh, something that he never thought he would be able to do. And, and, and those are the kind of things that really light me up. And, and I think it's, you know, once again, it's about finding the thing that is, is, is your thing to do. And, you know, what is it that you're, that you were put here on earth to do. And I think that is the, that is the big key is, is what were you put here to do? And 
you know, I think I've, I think I've found mine whenever it comes to helping outdoorsmen just live better, healthier lives. Yeah. I think, you know, in the, in the society that we live in, everybody's always looking for, you know, that fame. They want their, their, their fame. They want to be connected to somebody that's famous or I guess I shouldn't say everybody. I think a lot of people, you know, they want that, that notoriety, I guess, of being connected to somebody famous or being famous themselves or something. And, you know, on the concrete level, you know, we're all just people. Like we are all people trying to live lives. And it's, that's really cool that you have, you know, reprioritize what you wanted to do. I guess, I don't know. I wouldn't say reprioritize. I guess you found your actual priority of, of how, you know, you wanted to pursue your career and, you know, you're helping these people, these people who have be uh, elderly, they could be, um, you know, people who have, have lived a lot of their life, but they want to continue to live life and they don't want to just give up. So it's, it's awesome that you have, you know, prioritized taking them under your wing and, you know, taking care of them so that they are able to continue living that life doing something as simple as taking their grandkids fishing. Like that's, that's something that so many people, you know, they take for granted. And it's actually interesting that you mentioned that because my, uh, my dad, he passed away. It was October of last year. So to sit here and, you know, to listen to you tell that story and, you know, the reality is like my, my dad, of course, isn't going to be able to take his grandkids fishing because, you know, it's, it's not something that he was able to experience. And a lot of it was because of health related issues. So to, to hear that story, it really touches me differently because, you know, I've, I was able to experience that and, you know, fortunate, I was fortunate enough to be able as a, as a little kid to be able to go you know, fishing with my grandpa and be able to go fishing with my dad. And my dad was of course the one that introduced me, but, uh, uh, you know, to, to look into the future and to know that, you know, my, my dad isn't going to be able to take his grandkids fishing. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty crazy that, you know, that, and I think it's definitely worthy of respect that you have, you know, you've gone after a group that a lot of people just, just simply neglect. They, they're, they're older at this point. I'm not sure what else they can do and that kind of thing. And you, you've gone, you've gone the complete opposite scenario with them and you've, you're doing what you can to, to help them out. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those guys that I figure if you put a limit on somebody or if you limit me, if you tell me I'm, you know, I mean, I've had people like, they'd say you're going to medical school and they'd say it like, you're not that smart. What are you doing? You know, like, all right, fine. I'll show you, you know, that, that, and I look at that for everybody. It's, I want to, I want everybody to, to live life to the fullest. I mean, that's what we've been promised that, you know, you can have life and live it to the full. And that's not just sitting in a rocking chair and, you know, for the last 20 years of your life, that's, you're going out in a blaze of glory. You know, you're going out, you're fishing until your time comes. You're out in the woods until the good Lord says, it's your time. Let's go. I, and that's what I want to help other people do. And, you know, like you said, you know, with you, you had your father teach you, but think about if your father wasn't there to teach you, or if your grandfather right. wasn't there to help you, the, how big of a difference would that make in your life? You know, where would you be today? And and I think about that for a lot of kids. If, if one, if they go fishing or they're, or camping or hunting with their dad or their granddad, instead of going to that party or going over, you know, or instead of going here, going there, instead they're out fishing. It can make a big difference in that one kid's life. And for me, that's really what matters. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't be uh, sitting here, you know, of course, talking about hunting. Who knows what the heck I'd be doing right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, that's cool though, that you have, you know, you've prioritized that, that group and uh, it's definitely worthy of respect to be able to do that. But I wanted to kind of get into, know how this past spring turkey season went i know things were kind of crazy with all that's that's going on in the world Uh, i know for me personally i was actually able to hunt more because like i said i'm a teacher so normally throughout the week i would be you know at school you know working and that kind of thing but this year i was teaching from home and kind of opened up some mornings for me but you know of course with you we already kind of gotten to how you were working more so how did the the tennessee spring turkey season go for you it was it was good and normally I I take efforts to make sure that I have time in November and December where I have a little extra time off for deer hunting. 
and yeah. I have a little extra time in April for turkey hunting. It's usually kind of the way I, I try to plan out where I work a little extra before and after. And so I have a little bit extra time to, you know, get out there and yeah. chase turkeys. There's and a balance you got to yeah. have, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, you know, you work hard, play hard kind of thing and then sleep hard when you go to bed at night. And, and, but for, you know, and then also if I get a chance to go out West or, you know, to go elk hunting or something like that, I always try to, you always make sure that, you know, you, you got to pay the bills and, but like I said, for this, this year, my turkey season was slim, very slim. Uh, didn't, I didn't get a single shot. I heard a couple gobblers. And for me, sometimes it's just one of those, you hear that gobbler and I was like, my day's made. And mm-hmm. a few times I would go, uh, I would meet my dad and we would, we would go and, you know, we would hear a turkey and, but I knew by eight 30, I needed to be on the road to, to go to a nursing home and work for the day, whatever it may be. And so there were a lot of, there were a few days like that where, you know, I only had an hour or two and, and just hopefully, man, I just want to see the sunrise. I want to smell the fresh air and, and just hear a turkey gobble. And, and I was happy for, you know, for the week I'm, I'm ready to go. But so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a shot at a single bird. I saw, I think one gobbler, uh, two gobblers, uh, one gobbler in the woods and long way away, uh, cut with a bunch of hens. And, you know, all I saw was a fan and two ridges over and I couldn't get to it. And the other gobbler was, it was, uh, it was, it was the closest I got to a gobbler all year. And the, the situation we, we had been fishing. I took, I went fishing with my dad. I took my son who is four years old. We went fishing. We came back, went to my dad's house and we're, we're cleaning fish. And my son says, Hey, there's a Turkey and look across the field. And there's a Turkey on the far side of the field strutting around big old fan my son no shoes no shirt nothing just he's like let's go look at the turkey and we get within like 60 yards of this turkey and you know no shoes no shirt we're you know we're and just walking across the field and i mean and and i think the turkey saw me before saw him because you know he was kind of underneath the brush but you know it was one of those things where he just got excited about seeing a turkey and hearing it gobble and and for me, that's really the the big thing. Even though I didn't kill a turkey, uh, you know, we still have some meat in the freezer, and and I got to get outside. I got to see the sunrise. I got to hear that turkey gobble, and and I got you know my son and my dad. I got to spend time with them in the woods, and that's that's a better trophy to me than any any long beard or any antlers I could hang on the wall. Absolutely, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, being able to get out and it, it share the experiences of being outside and, you know, especially turkey season, like there's something about spring turkey season that I, I just can't get enough of it. Just it's probably the gobbles. It's probably the fact that, you know, the weather's changing, the earth is waking back up from the dead of the winter. And I don't know, I think there's all kinds of different elements, but spring turkey, man, it's one of those things that it, uh, for me personally, it just, it's one of my favorite seasons and being able to share that, like you're saying with, with your dad and with your son, that's that's really cool and that's cool that he's excited about that i've got a a four-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy who uh, my son he's i've gone i've taken him with me a few times and uh uh, he he's all about it he loves it and you know he there's been times where his little feet are cold or his hands are cold but he doesn't want to tell me because he wants to stay out there because he's afraid that if he tells me i'll be like all right we need to get home then (laughs) that way don't get too cold so he doesn't want to tell me and then i find out later you know walking back to the car he's like dad my my feet are cold (laughs) but but yeah that being able to share that experience with your kids that's i mean that's what it's all about that's that's establishing those foundations that you know we've talked it's been kind of a consistent theme throughout our talk today is that uh you know establishing those 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 uh relationships with your family and with people and you know establishing that that outdoors bug quote unquote i guess you could call it and and that, that's that's what it's all about and that's that's how i think you that a lot of people they get so caught up in you know social media and what everybody else is doing who's got the 12 inch bearded tom and who's got the 180 inch deer and all that kind of stuff and you know of course those there's a time and place for that kind of stuff but i think at the at the foundation of why we enjoy getting out and hunting i think it comes down to what you were you were getting at right there it's just getting out there 
sharing God's creation with with our family and sharing God's creation with our kids and you know being able to teach them a lesson in the process and I think that's a that's a, that's really cool that you were able to share that this this spring despite not even be able to pull the trigger I think that uh you know based on what you're telling me I think you could definitely say that you had a successful season oh yeah I mean my dad killed two turkeys so I mean we got to we got to feast a little bit on some turkey so we're, we're completely shut out but you know and like you said that's that's one of those things that you have to i think i mean you're a school teacher and you probably see this all the time that people the kids don't know where their food comes from yeah and that's one thing with mine like you know i've got a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old and even even my little two-year-old she knows what a turkey sounds like and she'll try to she'll try to use a call or make a sound if she sees one and we're talking about turkeys, but you know, they know that, you know, there's elk when we eat elk, that this is the elk that daddy went and shot, or this is the deer or even my, my son, one of the, I think one of the ways he really got the bug is we went fishing and he helped, you know, he, of course, whenever you got a three or four year old in the boat, if you catch a fish, they're the one that's going to reel it in. And they're the one that caught oh, all yeah. the fish. So he caught all the fish, but we cleaned them and we brought them home and we cooked them. And the icing on the cake was, you know, he helped in every process, but mm-hmm. the icing on the cake was when mama took a bite of that fish and acted like that was the best food she had ever eaten. Yeah. She, just constant over and over. This is so good. This is the best food ever. He lit up and he was, and it seemed like ever since then, you know, he knows that he's helping provide for the family and he's, you know, mama loves the food that I bring home. And that right there was, has been a big factor, I think in him wanting to go more and do more. And I just think that's, you know, one way that we can get kids involved is show them that, you know, this, this is feeding our family and, you know, and if you've got mama or brother or sister in there and they're loving it and they're wanting more of it, that's going to be a, a big, a big factor in how excited they are about going the next time. Definitely. I try to do something very similar. It's like my kids, they love deer meat. They love venison. They love, of course, wild turkey. I mean, who doesn't love wild turkey, right? Yeah. But <laughs> they, they love it all. And whenever we were sitting there at the, at the dinner table, you know, eating it, I always try to make sure that they know, like, this is the deer that I shot, you know, the one that sent pictures of, the one we brought home, and you guys stood here and you watched me, you know, process and everything. This is this is it right here, and we turned it into this really good meal that we're all enjoying, and involving them in that process is such a cool experience, because like you're saying, there's, it's not, I don't, it's not just kids, I think just in society in general, I think they don't understand, you know, have a good understanding of where their food is coming from. Cause whenever you go to the grocery store, you're seeing a brightly colored, you know, saran wrap package that you associate to be, you know, beef or, you know, turkey or chicken or whatever it is. And, you know, at that point it's, it's all cleaned. It's all taken care of. All you have to do is go home, put it in the pan, put it in the skillet and you're good. And so many people don't see the process that is required and don't see the, uh, you know, I hate to say it, the, the violence that is required in order to have, uh, in order to have this, this meal on our plate. And, you know, the whole idea of life eats life, I think is very true. And I think whenever you have a good appreciation for, you know, where your meal's coming from and where, uh, your meat's coming from, I mean, I think it just solidifies this connection that we have, you know, with God's creation, this connection that we have. And I think it's something that is certainly important for our kids to know. And it's certainly important for average everyday person to have a good understanding of. Yeah, I mean that's the big thing is just where does it come from? And we it, it's yeah. a hamburger, you know, but no, it's it's a cow, and uh, <laughs> right. you know, and 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 you know, and, and I always try to tell my kids is like you know this is, you know, whatever fish it is, you try to tell them about it, and you know, and we talk about the, this is not just a hamburger, this is elk burger, or this is deer burger, and, right. and that kind of thing, and so they know where it comes from. It's not just a like you said, you know, and people are all the time like, well, why don't you just get your food from the grocery store? Well, you know, right now no animals were harmed, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, you know, right now we got this pandemic where if you want to go to the store, they're limiting you to one package of meat and it's $8 a pound because, you know, this big food processing where they actually take all these animals and, 
you know, don't very humanely treat them. Probably they're taking them mm-hmm. and now they're shut down because of sickness or whatever, you know, I was like, now what are you going to do? And, and, and I think that it, it's good to teach the kids. So at least they know, and uh, you know, and, and even just getting out hiking and, and, and identifying trees uh, because I think a lot of adults probably don't know, uh, you know, studies. Uh, I've read a study. like, there was like only four to five, I think it was, you know, it was a very slim percentage of adults can recognize four to five natural native plants in their area. Yeah. And you know, it's like, this is an Oak tree. This is a maple tree. And a lot of people might not be able to know the difference. And uh, I think just instilling that in the kids and that wonder that wanting to know more about what's out there is, is it's, it's, in, it's in them. We just have to somehow bring it out. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely agree with that. And there's just, there's so much that, you know, that we just don't know. And I think a lot of the, uh, you know, the conveniences of life have just, it's, we've lost that, the idea of, of wonder and the idea of uh, asking questions and learning about the things around us. And that's of course uh, something that I think everybody should have a, have a good understanding of and just being able to to do basic skills and like you're saying just identify plants and you could even take it a step further and you know identify edible plants or just there's all kinds of different things that we could do as far as uh as far as that goes and now i want to switch gears on you because of course we're bumping up on time and i don't want to i definitely want to respect your time but you have the the healthy hunter podcast so what so what's your new podcast show all about? I was checking it out a little bit, you know, kind of preparing for this and it's pretty awesome, man. So, so tell listeners what the healthy hunter podcast is all about, man. I appreciate that. Well, I mean, first off, yeah. if, if you like this podcast and me talking about health and fitness, then you'll like it. Um, if you don't like the sound of my voice or <laughs> anything about health and fitness and hunting or me, then you might not like it. So don't worry about checking it out. But, um, it's the, the focus is really on helping others improve their health and fitness, helping outdoorsmen improve their health and fitness. And that's my whole goal, my whole mission. And it was just another way for me to be able to share the knowledge that I have, as well as tap into the resources that I've garnered over the past 15 years in the health, fitness, physical therapy, strength, conditioning world. So on the show, I will occasionally do a solo episode to answer questions, whether it be about uh, the benefits of a cold shower and the cold, you know, the, the cold therapy that you may hear about or certain supplements. But I also do a lot of interviews. So I'll interview mixed martial art, uh, MMA, you know, fight champions, or I'll interview some of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world. But I also tap into the hunting aspect. You know, I've, I've interviewed Cuz Strickland, who is an amazing, you know, guy. He's pretty much made television for hunting what it is today. Uh, I've got guys like Mike Chandler, who's an MMA champ. Uh, got guys who and that are just some of the best of the best when it comes to health and fitness. But they also love the outdoors. Uh, CrossFit champions, strongmen. I've got a, a wide array of people on there, but the whole point is to share knowledge with everyone to help them be better. And it, I've never, I've, I've always had a problem with the, like we talked about the Insta famous uh, people yeah. that are always, Hey, look at me, look how much I can do. And I always wanted to really highlight other people and make sure that other people know that they can do it. It's not about how much you can lift. It's about, did you lift more or run more than you did yesterday? And so we try to share tips that will help people get better. And it's not all about just, you know, eat sauteed broccoli and, and not have, not have a good meal, but we're going to share recipes and we have chefs on, we have all kinds of stuff. So it, it's a good ramble there of just, there's a lot of good health information when it comes to the outdoors. Anybody that wants to learn more about being healthy, whether it's, you know, from a rehab or just fitness aspect, we cover anything and everything. And I think, uh, 
that if you like the outdoors and you want to be better and healthier, that you will get something out of it uh, throughout the whole podcast that we do. That's the cool thing about think about uh being outdoors and hunting and stuff is that there's so many like little avenues and little lanes and stuff that you can spend some time in. It could be you know health, it could be cooking, it could be um, you know fitness. There's there's all kinds of little uh, lanes and different avenues that always circle back to to hunting and you know our passion for being in the outdoors and how all that kind of stuff is interconnected. Is it's really cool and that's something that you know throughout my experience with this rescue elite podcast has been that same thing. So like today we've spent a lot of time talking about health and that kind of thing, you know, fitness and promoting healthy lifestyles. And, but you know, at the same time, me and you, we both love being in the outdoors and hunting. So there's always these, these, uh, I guess these little things, these little topics, little niches that we could, we can spend some time talking about. And that's definitely sounds like what, what's your, uh, what you got going on with the, the healthy hunter podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the things also is a lot of the fitness and health folks, if you will, that talk about fitness and health for outdoors, they're they're based out west. Mm -hmm. And a lot of they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to elk hunt, so I'm going to run up this mountain. Um, I live in Tennessee, 200 feet above sea level. I'm we will share some information on if you're going to go out west, here's some things to do. But we also share about just the everyday hunter. You don't have to be an elite athlete to go out and hunt and to enjoy. But the big thing is encouraging folks just to get a little bit better. And, you know, and so we don't focus on the uh, extreme side a lot of the hunting. It's more of the day-to-day, I want to be better focus. And I think that's one thing that makes it different than a lot of the other podcasts uh, when it comes to health and fitness and the hunting aspect is you know we we're i mean i'm i'm living in tennessee i'm not i'm not in out west and while it can translate i think one of the big things is is you know if you just want to go fish on a bank of a creek or if you want to sit in a deer stand there's still ways that we can get better and healthier and that's one thing that i really focus on when it comes to the podcast yeah because it's definitely uh anybody who has drug out a deer uh, knows that physical fitness is definitely something you want to have on your side because yes. those suckers, whenever they are dead weight, holy cow, some of the rougher experiences I've had with hunting. Cause like I said, I'm here in Kentucky. So I'm right there with you as far as being on this side of the state where, you know, basically probably four hours apart right now from uh, where we are. And, um, you know, some of the craziest things that I've experienced as far as my lack of physical fitness goes, comes from, know trying to climb up a up a hill while i'm out doing some running gunning for turkeys or i'm trying to drag a deer out that has fallen down a hill you know 150 yards or whatever it is and it's not necessarily you know going out and doing an elk hunt or whatever it may be not that that stuff isn't important of course physical fitness is important for that as well but there's just the everyday hunter and especially like the the eastern side hunter that that is going to have to it's going to definitely benefit from being healthy and taking care of your body because if you take care of your body your body's going to take care of you and i think that's that's anybody who's experienced you know being in shape and being physically fit you you know what it's like to to have that ability to look at a hill and not automatically you know start putting doubts in your head and you're able to you know it gives you a certain amount of confidence i guess is what i'm trying to get at in order to be you know being physically healthy out in the woods oh yeah i mean there are studies that show that just seeing a deer in the woods will get your heart rate to almost a max level. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I mean, it's really a buck fever and they've measured it where a buck walks up that you would shoot and your heart rate is above what would be calculated as your max heart rate level. If you were going in for a stress test and that's where we, you know, you're not in shape. You're that starts happening. That's where we get heart attacks and we get things. And then think about, like you said, dragging that deer out it's already cold and your blood pressure's, you know, already kind of up and your heart rate's already up. And then you start dragging a deer. That's where we have trouble. And that's one thing I really want people to be able to go out into the woods, but the key is getting back home to those that we love. And I think that's one thing that I really want to help other people do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. I, I appreciate you being on. I do have a, a, a few closing questions here for you. Uh, I always like to ask my guests this, and I've gotten a wide range of answers for, for this question. I'm really interested in seeing 
seeing what you have to say about it. But my closing question for you here is what does hunting mean to you? Ooh. Here we go. That's That's usually the first reaction. Here we go. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, but here we go. It's a man. That's, we talked about a little bit, you know, it's, 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 um, it's been always been a part of me, but as I, the first word that comes to mind is, is connection. Uh, I think hunting is, is a connection to the outdoors, to the, to the wild. It's, it's my connection to my food. It's the connection to the food that I, the healthy, nutritious food that I, I consume, that I feed my family. It's a connection to health because it's improving my health and fitness. It's, it's a connection to my past. It's connection to my grandfather and, and all those that came before me that I've learned from. It's a connection to, to my dad whenever I get to go hunt and fish with him. It's a connection to my family as as I teach my wife and my kids more about hunting and get to go with them. Yeah, you know, I mean and more importantly than all that, it's it's a connection to it's a connection to my faith. It's a connection to my heavenly father to to enjoy the creation that the creator has made just for me. And uh, you know, so I mean for me, hunting is it's the connection that that I have with every aspect of my life. Absolutely. It sounds like you know, it's a, it's a common theme that we have that hunting is a it's a lifestyle and like it's it's how we live our live our lives and it's something that you know becomes a part of us and something that is, you know, something that we live rather than something that we do. And that sounds like it's what you got going on and I'm glad you mentioned your faith too cuz that's what this I mean, of course you probably picked up on it. The Rice Kill Eat podcast is what this this show is all about. Is you know, respect right fi- finding God as the creator of everything that we that we have, and of course having the conversations about that. And that's that's awesome, man. That you are that you share that with us. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yeah, my my pleasure. I mean, that's you know, I have I I, I tell people I've got four pillars in my life. Um, I call them the tiller trapezoid, but it's. You know, it's, it's tiller pillars. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's heaven and it's, it's my home, you know, it's the family it's, it's my health and then it's hunting and uh, it's kind yeah. of in that order, but they each play back and forth into each other. And for me, that's just, um, you know, that's but th- those four things is what matter. And outside of that, uh, not, not really much, you know, matters. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks so much. So where can, uh, listeners, where can they listen to the podcast? Where can they connect with you? And, you know, where are you present as far as the, the cyber world goes? (laughs) Yeah. The whole interwebs, uh, the whole interwebs. If you, if you just look up, uh, if you type in my name, uh, Dr. Dr. Brooks Tiller, if you type that in, I'm going to, my ugly mug is going to pop up on, uh, you know, on there and you're going to see me and videos and photos and all that stuff. But, uh, my website is Dr. Brooks Tiller, D R B R O K S T I L L E R. And, uh, go there. It's got links to everything. The healthy hunter show, uh, that's going to be, there's links there, but on all the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all that stuff, it's at, uh, D R Brooks Tiller. So I'm pretty, the Lord only made one of me. And I think everybody's grateful for that. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if we could handle any more of that. So, but yeah, just Dr. Brooks Tiller, anywhere you want to go, uh, you're going to find me and on pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, just wherever you're listening to this one, uh, you look up the healthy hunter show and it's going to pop up there and you're going to be able to garner a lot of knowledge from some of the best, uh, fitness folks in the world and some of the best outdoorsmen that I've ever been able to meet. And we're going to talk about all kinds of health, hunting, fitness, and, and as always, we always mix a little faith in there too, because, uh, without, without the good Lord, we don't have any of it. So that's, it's all, Absolutely. all combined. That's awesome, man. I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes of the show. That way people can just click on those. It'll take them right to where you're at. And, uh, man, 
thank you so much for being on the Rise Kill podcast. And on behalf of myself and on behalf of uh, everybody listening, thank you so much for, you know, working in the medical field, especially right now with everything going on. It's, you know, there's all kinds of craziness right now. And uh, just uh, we appreciate, you know, every, everything that you're doing, everything that everybody else is doing in the medical field. So thank you. Oh, man, that's, I'm just I'm just doing my part. That's all. There we go. Awesome, man. So thank you so much. And Dr. Brooke Stewart. Thank you so much, man.